Welcome. You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning and welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's a joy to be in worship with you wherever you are. Know that we are united in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit to live lives of faith, hope, and love. Well, last week we concluded our generosity season. While we are off to a good start, I want to thank you for those who made their financial commitments. Um, We still have a ways to go. So if you haven't done so yet, you would relieve a lot of my anxiety and stress. If you'd go to the church website, roswellpress.org, forward slash give, or you send in the commitment card that was sent to you in the mail, commit to 2021, the financial commitment, that will really help us plan as we look to the future. Well, today we kick off a new sermon series that I've titled, Thank You Notes. We are going to look at some of the great notes of the New Testament. Remember, a lot of the New Testament are actually letters sent to people in churches throughout the world. And today we're going to look at a note the Apostle Paul wrote to his friends in the city of Ephesus. So now listen for the word of the Lord from Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you might teach us what it means to be a thankful people, especially a thankful people in difficult times. Use your servant Paul to teach us how to live more faithfully in response to your good news and grace revealed in Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen. I love sending and receiving thank you notes. I'm not really a hoarder about many things except for sneakers and thank you notes. If you've sent me a thank you note, I guarantee I still have it. I have several boxes where I keep them. I call them my thank you note boxes. And if you've sent me one via email, I have a folder in my email account for all the thank you notes. Never throw away or delete a thank you net. You never know when you're going to need it. On rough days when I start to get down on myself or I feel overwhelmed or I get frustrated, I just go to my thank you note box and remember when people were thankful for my ministry and my life. You know, in, in 2007, thank you for helping me through a tough time. In 2011, thank you for 
officiating my wedding. In 2020, thank you for cutting your hair. (laughs) We all need thank you notes. You get the idea. I love thank you notes. Over the next four weeks, we're going to look at four different thank you notes from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was one of the great letter writers of all time. And it would not be an exaggeration to say his letters changed the world. We are going to see how to say thank you to new friends. We're going to see how to say thank you when you're far away from those you love. We're going to see how to say thank you when you're going through tough times. We will see that no matter what in our lives, we can always and still say thank you. Today we are looking at Paul's thank you note to the church in Ephesus. In verse 16, Paul writes, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. (laughs) Paul says, when I pray for you, I thank God for you. You mean so much to me. I can't help but thank God for you. Do you have people in your life when you pray you just can't help but thanking God for them? Thank you for a parent. Thank you for my spouse Thank you for my childhood friend, the friend from church, the grocery store clerk who helps me out with my groceries. When we pray, we should tell God, thank you for the special people in our lives. You know, the Apostle Paul had quite a relationship with the church in Ephesus. The Apostle Paul actually lived in Ephesus for three years from about 54 CE to 57 CE. Ephesus was an important city in the ancient world. It was the Roman capital of Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. Since it was a port city, it was a center for trade and culture. In fact, in the ancient world, in terms of importance, Ephesus was second only to Rome. Ephesus was also a destination for religious pilgrimage. It was renowned for the Temple of Artemis, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. People came from all over the world to worship Artemis, the goddess of fertility. It was located in Ephesus. But let me tell you, Paul had no interest in worshiping Artemis. He had very different plans for Ephesus. As Paul was accustomed to doing, when he arrived in a new city, he would go and preach and debate in the town synagogue. And that's exactly what he did in Ephesus. He went to the synagogue, but eventually they got frustrated and angry with him and kicked him out. So then... Paul went and rented out a lecture hall, and he began to lecture from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. They said he got a good deal on it because it was in the heat of the day and no one else wanted to rent it. But Paul was preaching there, and he was preaching, and his sermons were so effective that people quit worshiping at the temple of Artemis. One of the silversmith workers named Demetrius got so angry at Paul that he stirred up an angry mob to attack Paul. You can read the story in Acts 18 and 19. The silversmiths of Ephesus were so angry at Paul because once people people converted to Christianity, people quit purchasing the small silver replicas of the temple of Artemis that these silversmiths were selling. Paul was getting in the way of business. But after three years in Ephesus, Paul knew he had to leave for Rome. And as he arrives in Rome, eventually he finds himself in prison. And that's where he writes this letter from. Paul is in chains in Rome and he's writing a letter to his friends. 
He's thinking probably of the good times they had together. Remember when we rented out that lecture hall? Remember when we started that riot and they called us into the city theater? I hate being stuck here in prison without you guys. Gosh, I miss you guys, but I still thank God for you. Paul tells them he's praying for them and thanking God for them. Do you know why? Because if Paul didn't tell them, they wouldn't know he prayed for them or thank God for them. Sometimes, if we don't say it out loud, no one will know. It's important to let people know you thank God for them. It's important to let people know you love them. I'm shocked at how many people I meet who tell me, my dad has never told me he loved me. I will know their dad, and I'll, I'll say, I know he loves you. I've seen him around you. I see the way he admires you, and they'll say, yeah, maybe, but he's never told me that. There's something powerful about telling someone you love them, that you thank God for them, that you're praying for them. There's something powerful that happens when someone tells you they love you, that they thank God for you, when they say it out loud. A number of years ago, I participated in an urban worship service for guys who were living in shelters and on the street or at the Atlanta Union Mission. Every week, we would start the service with a, with a special routine that I will never forget. As we were sitting side by side with each other, the lead pastor would get up and say, okay, guys, let's do it. And we did it every week, so we knew it by heart. It went like this, and there were hand motions. We would extend our left hand and say, I love you. And then we would extend our right hand and say, God loves you. Then we would give ourselves a hug and say, I thank God for you. The first time I did it, I thought it was a little goofy. <laughs> but then after several Sundays, I began to get the point. Many of these men had been cast aside by their families. Many of them were overlooked by society. Many of them felt dismissed and often denigrated. Many of them felt unlovable. We had to let them know they were and are loved. That God loves them, that we love them, that we see them, and we thank God for them. I'll be honest, on rough days, you can find me in my office practicing that. I love you, God loves you, I thank God for you. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and saying exactly that. I love you, God loves you, and I thank God for you. I ask you, who in your life do you need to tell, I love you? Who do you need to say, God loves you? Who do you need to say, I thank God for you? Maybe it's a child or a grandchild. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a parent or a friend. Maybe it's someone you've lost touch with. We all have people in our lives who need to hear that good news that they are loved and we thank God for them. It's not enough just to think it or to feel it in our hearts. We need to express it. We need to say it. It's important for us to make it explicit. Back when I was in grad school, I was hanging around a bunch of philosophers and theologians who were reading this book titled Making It Explicit. It's by the philosopher Robert Brandom, who has one of the greatest beards in human history. I think you would agree. And I will give $5 to anyone who can read this book and make sense of it to me. The book was too dense, to be honest, that I could never really get through it. But one of his big points I did understand is that in human actions, in, in human actions, much of what we communicate to each other is implicit. He says, sometimes it serve us, serves us well to take the implicit and make it 
explicit. Sometimes we have to explicitly communicate with one another. We have to let people know out loud that we are thankful for them. We have to let them know out loud that we appreciate them, that they are loved. It's not enough just to think it. It's not enough just to feel it. But we have to say it to express it, to make it explicit. And this is one of the points of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. He says, well, I want to say this out loud. I want you to know how I feel. But there's another point. He says, I want you to know how God feels. Paul writes, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. Saying, I want you to know, I want the eyes of your heart to see, I want you, your mind to be enlightened, I want you to know how much I love you, but not only that, I want you to know how much God loves you. I don't want you to implicitly know God's love. I want it to be explicit to you. Do you know how God made his love for us explicit? Well, by re revealing it in Jesus Christ, by getting his hands dirty and becoming enfleshed in, in creation. God did not remain far off, but came close in Jesus as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will know God's love for you and God's love for the whole world. That's how God made his love explicit to us. Because God did make his love explicit to us, Paul thinks it's important to make his love, his gratitude for his Ephesians friends explicit as well. It's important to say thank you, to let people know we thank God for them. Not just to think it or feel it, but to express it to people. One of the great thank you note writers in my life is a woman named Andrea. Andrea is a woman who I used to work with, and she was one of the most thankful people I've ever known. And she, to be honest, had a lot not to be thankful for that had happened to her in her life. She grew up in inner city Miami after her mother and her were abandoned by her father. Yet she was accepted into a prestigious private high school there in Miami and went on to get a degree from Brown. When her mother died in her early 40s, Andrea remained thankful for the time she had with her mom. When Andrea suffered from breast cancer, she was thankful that she could overcome it. When a boyfriend broke her heart, she remained thankful for her other friends. She was so deeply thankful, to be honest. I remember when she gave me a Christmas gift one year that I wrote her a little thank you note. Well, guess what? She then wrote me a thank you note for my thank you note. She was such an encouragement and inspiration to me. She wanted me to know she was thankful. Sometimes, to be honest, I've taken the practice of almost becoming annoyingly thankful. And I will send, like Andrea, a thank you note for a thank you note. I think it's important that we let people know we are thankful for them, that we appreciate them, that we love them, that we thank God for them. Well, I want to conclude with some good advice from a surprising source, Mr. Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. In the late 90s and early aughts, the notorious B.I.G. was one of the biggest rappers in the world. Biggie, as he was called, was mentoring a young Jay-Z who would go on to worldwide fame and success. Jay-Z eventually discovered and mentored Kanye West who produced Jay-Z's legendary Blueprint album. Jay-Z once said, I am Plato to Biggie Socrates. Well, that would make 
Kanye, Aristotle. (laughs) Now, as Kanye got more popular, he wrestled with how to acknowledge where he'd come from and whom he should be thankful for. You see, Kanye knew that Jay-Z never got to say thank you to Big E because Big E died tragically all too early. And so Kanye is thinking about this when he writes his song, Big Brother, on the graduation album. Kanye has said in interviews that this song, Big Brother, is about Jay-Z. So at the end of the song, after he's gone over the history of their relationship, he raps about how they were partners at times and how they were rivals at times. But then he gives us some advice. He says, if you admire someone, you should go on ahead and tell them. No one gets the flowers while they can still smell them. In other words, don't miss the opportunity to say thank you. Friends, just like Kanye said to say say thank you to Jay-Z, so too the Apostle Paul said thank you to the Ephesians. Let us not miss the opportunity in our lives to let people know we are thankful for them, that we love them, and that we thank God for them. Let's send a lot of thank you notes. I thank God for you. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for all that you have done for us in Jesus Christ and that good news is not implicit but is made explicit in Jesus and so we thank you we pray that we might have hearts full of gratitude and thanksgiving that we might thank the people in our lives we're thankful for let them know we love them and let them know we thank God for them we have so much to be grateful for we thank you in your name we pray amen You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.